Hello and welcome to the Rabbit Hole, the definitive developers podcast. Living large in New York. I'm your host, Michael Nunez, our co-host today. Dave Anderson. And today we'll be talking about quality without a name, also known as Quan. Quan. Stop trying to make Quan happen, Mike. It's not going to happen. <laughs> So here's what happened. So I'm looking at, you know, I'm checking out the Art of Agile. I'm looking at the first edition because I know the second edition is either out already or it's coming out soon. And I want to be able to read this so I can compare with the other one. And at the very end of the Art of Agile, we have, you know, in chapter 15, we have the title being Seek Technical Excellence. In reading this... It's the valedictorian speech of the book. Exactly. And the word quan gets used, quality without a name. Well, according to the Art of Agile, the sentence goes, some folks describe good design as elegant or pretty. They say that it has the quality without a name, or quan, ineffable sense of rightness in the design. And I was like, oh, cool, Quan's a thing. And that's like, you know, if you're programming something or use an application, you may have some Quan in it and that just like, you know, speaks to you. It's so elegant. It's so pretty. I feel like I've felt that before. You know, it's like very metaphysical. I feel like one with the universe. I feel tingly. The matrix, you know, is kind of streaming down. (laughs) No, but I imagine like, you know, there's probably a piece of application that you use that's like, oh, it just works. Just as I expected, like there must have been a ton of user research to make this thing Quan, bro. Right. But like you can't exactly express it. I like how, you know, he goes on to say too that this is a term coined by Christopher Alexander, who is an architect who had thoughts about patterns of architecture and that's kind of interesting like that's actually like one of the inspirations also of design patterns like an actual architect like bobby christopher alexander built buildings you mean yeah he built buildings and he's a professor at berkeley so he's talking about patterns like oh yeah like this door is a good door i don't know why it's a good door i can't describe it but this is a really good door. <laughs> so, so <laughs> or like this arch. Actually, probably doors. I don't know. I'm not an architect, but I feel like, you know, architects out there listening, you're probably like, oh, yeah, you know what? An arch. That's where it's at. Yes. That's a door <laughs> right there. I mean, a quan door for me is a door that I can walk through. No problem. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's just like, oh, it opens. You get that arch. It's like, ooh, that like, you know, time tested roman aqueduct Mm -hmm. it's a good quality so you know a couple of the googly moogly led us to a c2 website that actually had four four attributes yeah cool had four attributes of quan yeah four attributes of quan (laughs) we're gonna get right to them and then hopefully we can talk about like if there's any applications that you may have felt like quan when one of these particular attributes were really really well in the app that you're making i think this article is great too like i'm sure many of you have or most of you have come across c2 wiki in your google searches in your travels it's that wikipedia page that came out of the chrysler compensation project that like birthed xp in the late 90s and there's just so many gems in here like this gets like so philosophical so metaphysical 
there's a link to a page about Chinese goddess. About <laughs> Quan Yin. I hope I'm doing justice by the pronunciation. And there's a whole benediction or declaration of devotion to Quan Yin, which we don't have time in the podcast to get into. <laughs> oh yeah, that's for the Patreon. I think we'll we'll go through <laughs> we'll go through we'll go through the declaration of devotion to Quan Yin in the Patreon, <laughs> which doesn't exist. But when it exists, I'm putting that in there. <laughs> we have to we have to do our nominations to all the different gods that are mentioned in there as well, in Quan Yin. <laughs> But yeah, I could jump right into the first attribute with the definition. And I imagine we can, Dave, you and I will talk about some, you know, applications that we've written in the past or applications that we use in our day to day. Yeah, I think it applies to both like the user experience as well as the developer experience. So that, that first attribute that they list here, usability. Mm hmm. Yeah, I can read the definition or the question that comes with it. Is the system something that people enjoy using? Would they miss it if it was no longer available? Right. So I imagine like one part of the quan, if you will, is, you know, are people enjoying this new feature that came out or a feature that currently exists that you want to keep around? Like people are literally around because of this feature that you have in your application. I think, and in terms of like programming, maybe it has to do with, you know, how, you know, usable it is for you to write code. Like, for example, I think in the article, someone nominated, believe it or not, Eclipse IDE to be quant. Can you believe that, Dave? I mean, like, it's all relative. Like, at one point, a stone wheel was quant. <laughs> but now we have much better wheels that, you know, like... I mean, I would even hesitate to call VS Code Quan. <laughs> like sometimes it just like breaks down. I'm like, what happened to you? You were my trusty steed and now you're betraying me. Yeah, I think there are definitely a lot of tools that we use that it's definitely usable. And for certain features is the reason why we use it, right? Like, you know, one may be able to use VS Code because of the marketplace and all the apps that it has, right? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I guess the one thing about VS Code that is highly usable for me, is that like fuzzy finding the files, fuzzy finding the actions. Like, oh, yeah. I only know two keyboard shortcuts. Sometimes I remember a third and a fourth, but mostly I know those two. And it makes me happy. If there's one keyboard shortcut that you need to remember on a Mac, Command Shift P, because that one will lead you to all the other commands. If you type it out, like you could do command shift P and then you could do like find or search and it'll give you all the different ways to search for something. So fun fact, put a pin on that. VS Code is Quan. I'm sorry, Dave, I'm calling it. <laughs> I nominate VS Code. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But VS Code, <laughs> like it's indexing capabilities in my files and finding the references. That is not Quan. It has a way to go. Right. But yeah, like, I mean, like some software, I thought it was funny, like looking at this article, like there's kind of back and forth in the c2 wiki people like i have never seen a software that like someone had this resonance with but like instagram like that was your example right like like a baby could use it it's like literally so easy a baby could use it like all the touchscreen interfaces and things like that now you can scroll to see more pictures you can press the camera button take a photo and send it go straight right to your account really quick 
you know, the other feature in Instagram is the like ability, right? The ability to know how many likes you have on a photo. That's been an ongoing conversation, whether Instagram is going to remove the likes because it leads to, you know, teenagers and young adults to get their dopamine hit based on how many likes their images have. So like one way to control like, you know, individuals from being stuck on their phones is to give that push notification when someone likes your image. Right. So like the ongoing argument is, do we remove that so that we don't have kids or young adults addicted to their phones and to their likes every time they upload an image? But they're not going to get rid of that. Everyone likes the likes, right? Like if I like your photo, bro, you're going to be like, yes, Bobby liked my photo. That's great. Yeah. And like that's less likely not going to happen. And I do imagine that that's like a question. Like, are we really going to use that? This is a usable thing in our application and we won't get rid of. Yeah. I feel like the next one is like, pretty important for software like especially important for software but like readability yes like being able to just like look at it and know what it does and kind of be able to visually get through it quickly and i guess also for software like you know being able to get the information out of it but that that seems pretty closely tied to usability as well right no i mean i think like the example that i have for readability is probably you know, I use Instagram because it's widely popular, but the app that I'm going to mention is my Con Ed app. And it's not that it's mine. That's what it's called. But, you know, in the, in the East Coast, we have Con Edison, who was responsible for the electricity in New York, I think. And I can find out in real time how much electricity I'm using right now. And it's amazing. And it's easy to read. I can definitely understand how much money I'm going to be spending on my electric bill this month. Because it allows me to kind of read that information with the smart meter that they recently installed in the house, which is great. The next attribute is configurability. Can the user adapt the system to his or her needs? Sure, you have Facebook, right? That's just going to spit, you know, statuses and posts and stuff like that. But you want an application to suit your needs if you need to do something. I think the one user experience app that I had in mind was MyFitnessPal, right? Because I think, you know, a couple of years ago I was fat and was eating M&Ms all the time. And I figured I have to figure out a way, I have to figure out a way to lose weight. And I think I used MyFitnessPal to kind of curate like, oh, how can I track my diet? And it curated, you know, based on how I did it. Count the M&Ms. Oh yeah. You have to count the M&Ms. Yeah. Like, oh, you already eat too much calories. You can't eat anymore. And I had to configure it like, oh, how often do I work out? Never. You know, how well do I eat? Not good. So it just like made this plan for me and I was able to track my, you know, my eating. I imagine there's a lot of like health related apps out there as well that kind of does this very well that configures to your needs. Yeah. I think they're like, there are some things also that like, I mean, this this definition of configurability, can the user adapt the system to their needs is like a pretty like 90s thought about it too. Like, oh, like, let me go to my settings or like get my config file or what have you. But there are definitely some like crazier examples of systems configuring to the user's needs, like YouTube machine learning algorithms and things like that, where like, using the software it just becomes more configured to my needs or like you know all the crazy things like you know even facebook like to a degree but i I feel like google especially like when you're using it it's becoming more to you 
to kind of a crazy degree where like oh yeah you were like spitting out the ad categories or whatever i saw you guys messing with that yeah we were talking about you know if you're interested out there and you have your phone in your hand and you're looking at your phone if you go to facebook you could check your ad interest which i thought are hilarious because apparently i am only interested in home real estate and dave ramsey that's <laughs> That's the two. I don't know who Dave Ramsey is, but I'm jealous that I'm not in this list and that Dave is. (laughs) (laughs) He's a pretty popular finance guy from Tennessee. He has something called the seven baby stuff. He's not paying me for this, but this is great stuff. I always want to figure out how to save money and Facebook definitely knows your ads and you can configure it to say, hey, don't learn anything about me anymore or configure it to your needs so you get the ads that you want. I just thought of another example of configurability in the software developer sense, and it would definitely be... Eclipse? No, it was <laughs> Eclipse, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. Eclipse? IDE. <laughs> Any IDE? I was thinking like ES Lint and Prettier because you could configure that bad boy to spit out code however you want it at the end of the day, which is pretty extensive. You know, I was thinking about like quality without any, like when we started talking about this, I was thinking about like code formatting, things like that. Because like, you know, the next one is like profoundness. And I feel like I used to get a sense of profoundness when I got those brackets like placed just right. Mm. Or, like You know, I got the phrasing perfectly for my Pythonic statement. But like now I don't <laughs> need to do that. <laughs> but that in itself is maybe a more profound thing that I don't need to think about it. Right. I think I was trying to come up with an example user based on profoundness. And, you know, one of the apps that I really enjoy using or that I try to use whenever like it comes up, because I don't really think about doing this unless the situation arises. And it's when, you know, I want to look at the stars. I need to know what the hell am I looking at when I look at the sky, right? Speaking of profound, deep moments... Right. And like it's so the definition is, does the system strike the user as special or unique, but at the same time, insightful and correct, right? If I open up this app, I'm going to see a different set of constellations, stars, potentially planets. If someone else across the globe is looking at the very same app, but it still gives, you know, truth to what's there in outer space. Shit. That shit is crazy. And I was like, yo, that's amazing. Like, yes, star apps. You know, my profound moment with a star app is like when, you know, you're looking up in the sky with it. You're like, wow, that's what that is. And then like you point it down at the ground. It's like, oh, my God. Like, yeah, it's like glass. It's like, oh, my God. Saturn is down all the way down there through the earth and then some, which is insane. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that is crazy. And like, again, I think the last time that I remember using it was we had gone to a trip to Brazil for Gio's first birthday. And it was like, I realized where I'm standing right now will give me a different set of stars than if I was in New York. Oh, yeah. You don't get that Southern Cross. Yeah, exactly, which is crazy. I hadn't I didn't even think about that. You get the big dip. Yeah, you get the you get not the little dip, you get that big dip. <laughs> yeah, I think that the profoundness in using those apps are definitely really, really interesting. Yeah. But I mean for me also, like when I'm coding like this kind of weird sense of profoundness, like with the code itself, like so there's like the brackets, but also like the organization and like the intuitiveness of it, like if I'm able to like just kind of like reach in and like 
not having even touched something before like or not having done it in a long time and like it just kind of makes sense like it has a self-consistency that is like logical and symmetrical in a way like that's awesome yeah i think i mean you know this is just in the first part of that c2.com entry which we definitely we need to keep in the show notes because boy it gets the rabbit hole gets deep in this, <laughs> in this article. <laughs> yeah, you will learn a lot about Eastern philosophy looking at this. But I do like, you know, going back to our friend James Shore, got this weather beaten, like literally weather beaten copy of this here. And I do like how he kind of like challenges the idea of like quality without a name. And he's like, hey, like, we can't talk about this unless we give it a name. So like, let's try to do it. And I think a lot of the things he talks about are things that we've talked about a lot on the show already, like, like clean code, Mm -hmm. designing the system for like, for people, like always thinking about people who are programmers, people who are using the software, like interacting with it and building it to change and modify and maintain over time like those are the things that like kind of add up into that profound usable awesome eastern philosophical situation (laughs) so i guess dave this is on the spot question is there a piece of software that you want to nominate as quant (laughs) it's graphql baby (laughs) <laughs> yes, GraphQL is Quan. Dave Anderson has nominated GraphQL as Quan. Yeah, I can't wait for my colleagues to. <laughs> oh man, I'm trying to think now. I don't know what would I nominate. I think I don't know if I'm gonna go with my little Con Ed app, man. I don't know. I love that thing. <laughs> I think it's very usable, readable, configurable. Not so much. It can tell you you know, how to save energy, but I don't think that's profound. <laughs> uh, and VS Code, oh man, you mentioned VS Code before. I love VS Code. It has to be my quant. I nominate. VS Code? If Eclipse is on C2.com, I nominate VS Code. <laughs> 2021. 2021. Quan, baby. Follow us now on Twitter at Radio Free Rabbit so we can keep the conversation going. Like what you hear? Give us a five-star review and help developers just like you find their way into the rabbit hole. And never miss an episode. Subscribe now however you listen to your favorite podcast. On behalf of our producer extraordinaire, William Jeffries, and my amazing co-host, Dave Anderson, and me, your host, Michael Nunez, thanks for listening to The Rabbit Hole.